Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Beck. And this is DVD Clutter. Hello. Hi, Paul. Welcome back, listeners. Oh, I thought you were welcoming me because we are in your house. I know, which is a bit different. It is a bit different because it's far, far away. (laughs) Yeah, well, your house is far, far away from me. (laughs) Your house is near the beach. Yeah. So that is a plus. It is. It's very nice. Yeah. Lovely. Especially in warm weather. Did Not... you go for a swim today? No. It's pretty hot today. Yeah. And I just did lots of washing. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what a way to spend your Sunday. Yes. Um, well, thank you for thanking me for coming. No worries. We're talking about one of your films today. We are on DVD Clutter, the film about... The film. The DVD. The, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> about DVDs and decluttering, where every week we watch one of our DVDs and we decide whether to keep it, send it to the op shop, or... Throw it into a tornado of ice. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Because we're looking at one of my films and I'm holding it up so you can see it at home. <laughs> the Day After Tomorrow. I thought, I honestly thought you were about to say one of my favourite films. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't hold that against you. It is a limited edition steel bookcase version. Mm, it looks celebrating very, very fancy. 75 years of 20th century Fox. Oh, so not celebrating the film. No. Right. Yeah. Here it says, celebrating 75 years of memorable movies. And it is memorable, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I remember it Mm. from when I first saw it. Yeah. You obviously bought it, so it had some kind of impact on you. And I might as well tell you a little bit about how this film came into my life. I've got a lot of memories with this movie. Okay. Um, First of all, I remember seeing it in the cinema. Yes. And thinking Jake Gyllenhaal was a cool guy, you know? Yes. Yes. So when we were watching it, he comes on, and everyone loves Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm Mm-hmm. His face is adorable. Oh, yeah. He's just like puppy dog eyes. He's so young in this. He's young, but he's playing someone even younger than he is. Yeah. He's like 27 when he plays that role, or 24. And he's supposed to be a high school student, He's supposed right? to be 17. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, his first shot on screen, Laura goes, oh, I just can't stand his face. I yeah. know. And now we have real problems. Yeah. <laughs> I think our relationship is broken. <laughs> that was a real shock. Yeah. I know. That's wild. Mm, mm. Anyway... I first saw it in Cinema One at Ballarat Regent Multiplex, which it's is important the, that we locate this in Cinema One because it's the big cinema um, and it had THX sound, which is was good for this because this is special effects, yes. if nothing else. Oh yeah. Well, probably and nothing else is what I should have said. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if you but, haven't heard about it, it's a disaster movie, so yeah. it's got to be dramatic. That's it. Then I remember my next memory of it is having already seen it once. I remember that holidays calling up my friend and we're like, oh, let's go see a movie. And then me reading out like every movie in the cinema and him being like, no, no. And I remember this was on and he was like, no. I remember getting to the end of the list of movies and just silence on the phone. Just like, well, what, what are we going to do? What are we gonna do? What, like, you know, so no movie then. Yeah. I just remember that I really have like a really vivid yeah. memory of that It must have felt really awkward for you, I think. Because yeah. But then you're like, the socially accepted norms have not been followed. Mm. What am I to do now? Yeah. Yeah. Also hilarious that you had to read them out to him over the phone. Yeah. You can just like both Google it. It was from the paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I just say, can we name and shame this friend or shall we His not? name was Nathan. Nathan. We'll just say that. Then my next memory comes from, we did this in SOS, this film. Oh, when we looked at so thank you for studying yeah. SOS at high school and primary school because everyone I've talked to whenever I say humanities and I say it was like SOS, so many people have said I don't know what SOS is. We actually called it at my school global learning oh, for that weird. time. Yeah, sounds um, wanky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, everyone had SOS right studies of society and environment. Hmm. 
And it was, you know, a unit on global warming. Yeah. We did a unit this. on multiculturalism where we watched My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I love this lesson planning. <laughs> I know, that's just that was that was it. A lot I'm of films adopt some in year of eight nine. Into my... <laughs> We're doing uh, the Romans at the moment, so if you think of any yeah. think of any films I can show you, a bunch of year sevens about mm, yeah, the year Roman sevens Empire. Is the... I know, I know. It's the hard bit. But then how the DVD came into my life was years later and I was at college mm. and it was O Week and we had a movie night mm. and I can't remember the theme of that O Week but I was, was it sort of on change? the committee. It was like radioactive week or something like oh. disaster oh, theme. Okay. Yep. So movie night we were watching this and something else and we couldn't find a copy of this so I just went and bought it. Yeah. Oh. It was like seven bucks or something. Um, you know, it was super cheap. Yeah. And Especially for this lovely, special edition. Lovely case. Yeah, it looks so pro. Uh, it looks like you really care about this film, mm. which is not the case, apparently. That's how it came into my life. What an exciting story. Yeah. I'm alive with excitement. So, do you want to give us a plot breakdown? Sure. So, it's a disaster movie mm-hmm. in which Dennis Quaid, is that his name? That, is that how that's I pronounce the actor's it? name, yeah. yeah. Plays a guy called, um, what's his name? Jack Hall. Dad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A guy called Dad, not Jack Hall, who Mm. is a climatologist, um, which I had to to look that up because I was like, that sounds fake. I think he's a paleoclimatologist. Oh, sorry. My mistake. That's not what Jake Gyllenhaal says. He says, my dad's a climatologist (laughs) and he said we should stay. And that was my perfect Jake Gyllenhaal impression. Mm. You're welcome, world. This guy, Mm. Jack, played by Dennis Quaid, is a climatologist, and we open on him presenting to the UN about his new um, model that kind of looks at the past and looks at how an ice age came about millions and millions of years ago. Yeah. Oh, I should say, actually, we, we actually don't open on that. That's a little segue bit. We open when they, he and two of his climatology buddies uh, out in Antarctica doing some research and they're drilling down and they drill through a crack and it creates this like massive chasm and they almost fall in but they don't and it's like this is a disaster film welcome anyway so cut back to the UN he's presenting this thing he's like "Um, the climate is going to change it's being human induced we have to start thinking about it we have to start thinking about the climate we can't avoid this the polar ice caps are melting blah 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 and everyone's like, you bloody hippie. Yeah. Why don't you think about the economy? The economy is also fragile. Yeah. Mostly the vice president, president of, of the United, United States, States, who is played by... Um, some guy called Kenneth Welsh. There we go. And anyway, so he's essentially like the antagonist, I guess, at this mm. point. And Jack is trying to convince him that they need to do something. But he's like, nah, don't want to. Suddenly some stuff starts happening. Yeah. Like within a week of that conference. Yeah. At the conference, he meets up with Ian, Ian Holm. Who's um, another scientist. Who's another scientist. Can't remember his real name. Rapson. Oh. Something Rapson. Okay. Professor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian Holm is on... He works in a British weather station with two other... British Blokes. people. You yeah. know they're British because they're watching soccer. They are watching soccer <laughs> and they really care about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's great. They make this connection. They're going to become best friends. They're like, you wrote that thing about that and you wrote the thing about that. And, you know, they really feed off each other's energy. Um, and then shit starts getting real. Like this massive rainstorm happens. These not just rains, but hail, like hail the size of footballs, yep. essentially. Like massive chunks of ice just start falling in from the sky. Chaos <laughs> rains. Sorry, we just have to go. That scene, I can't go past it. So where they the cut Tokyo to Japan. Yeah. yeah. And it's basically just people being like, 
Did you know we're in Tokyo? By the way, we're in Tokyo. <laughs> hey, look, yes. it's Tokyo around here. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's some hey. things in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they love, they love that. It's, um, that's, how we show, that's how we show that this is global. Yeah. Yes. Although, Don't you love it when you walk down the street and be like, hey, it's a great Melbourne day <laughs> in this Melbourne city. Gotta love Melbourne. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I do that every day. Um, I just need to remind myself where I am. That's it. <laughs> um, anyway, and then what else happens? So shit starts getting real, essentially. Yeah. And Jack is like... Told you so. Told you so. We've got to start doing something. He he's works with some of the guy who kind of believes in him more and he makes him pr- try and present his findings again to the president or the vice president. And the vice president is like, fuck economy, off, Economy, economy, economy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you're no, not getting any luck there. Anyways, stuff starts getting worse. The sea levels drop really suddenly. A 13 degree drop like that. Yeah. Well, that was really bad. Like that. Yep. You know, the um, Ian Holm character is calling Jack and being like, we've just registered this in these seawaters. And he's like, oh, fuck, blah, 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 blah. Yep. And then suddenly this woman from the FBI is there and she's like, can you use your thing to project the thing? And he's like... Oh, maybe, but I'm Computers. not sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so essentially they use his model to predict the future pattern, weather pattern of this crazy weather that's just started happening. They figure out that in, first of all, they think six to 10 weeks, but actually it's going to be like six days, six to 10 days that this whole weather storm is going to change the face of the earth. And yeah. they're like, we have, there's these three massive storm fronts coming. They're free. They're like a, a cyclone of ice, essentially. That's great. Cause then you just see there's like massive three, storms that are kind of going all across the northern hemisphere southern hemisphere pretty fine yeah australia gets mentioned once there's a tsunami somewhere yeah there's a tsunami but most of the time you can see on the map that we get like the tail end of that mm. one mega storm yeah. but the, for the most part we're fine which is just dandy um and also shows how little we matter yeah in america's view of the world mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks hollywood anyway so this whole thing is happening. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to... He's like, you have to evacuate everyone from the north to try and get them as south as possible. There's riots happening at the Mexican border. You know, political commentary on yeah. uh, on refugee relations and race relations between Mexico and America. And the Americans are really desperately trying to get into... Mexico and the Mexicans are like, no, nah, we're going to shut the border. Um, which Trump would love, actually. So... Mm. Maybe he got that idea from this film. Could have. Mm. Yeah. But the other way around. Yeah. Um, anyway, so while all of that is happening, we also are kind of cutting backwards and forwards to another storyline, which involves Jake, the Jake Gyllenhaal character, yeah. who is a 17-year-old boy. He's the son of the Dennis Quaid Jack character. Yeah. Um, and his name is Sam. And mm-hmm. Sam has gone to a some kind of nerd convention yeah. where he and two of his classmates won the very beautiful young woman called... Uh, Laura. She's played by Emmy Rossum. Thank you. Um, and he's in love with her, obviously. She's the reason that he joined. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And then his best friend as well, who we've forgotten the name of. And another guy as well who's like the preppy, wealthy guy who lives in New York. So they had flown to New York for this particular convention. Mm. Not a convention, a competition. Like it's a nerd like, competition. It's yeah. like, it looks like pub trivia, but it more formalised. Yeah. yeah, but like very, they have to just know like random facts, I guess. Yeah. So they, the three of them from... Washington, where Sam and his dad live, they are in New York, they're at this convention, and they meet this preppy 
really wealthy New Yorker who they go and stay at his house when the storm hits because all the planes get grounded. Um, and essentially we're kind of going, watching his journey as well, their journey as well, and their struggle to survive as New York gets absolutely flooded and absolutely like just broken from this storm. So massive floods, massive ice storms, yeah. you name it. Temperature's so cold that you'll freeze instantly. Yes. The, yeah. the, fr- the doors freeze, like yeah. everything's freezing. You'll like literally... Freeze. Freeze. You'll literally <laughs> freeze. Um, and they have all sorts of like random adventures, like Emily, is that her name? The uh, chick. The Laura. No, Laura. Laura gets a cut and of course she gets infected and then the boys have to go on this adventure and battle wolves to try and get her some penicillin. Yes. <laughs> and then... And they get back just as the temperature, just as the eye of the storm is hitting, which is the coldest point of the storm. Yeah, essentially that's that's that plot. That's that part of the story, mm. the B plot line or whatever. But the Dennis Quaid character is like, my son's in New York. I've got to get to New York. I promised my son. I'm an American dad. La, 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 la. So he decides in all his fucking wisdom to, to get walk into, from Washington to, to walk New York. from fucking Washington to New York in his like Antarctic clothes. And his two fucking friends decide to go with him, which I was like, are you serious? As if you don't have better things to do with your life than go and try and risk your life to go and visit your fucking colleague's son, who is probably fine, hopefully, if he's staying where he is. Otherwise, he's dead. Like, what, yeah. what are you going to do? You're not going to do anything. Anyway, it culminates in this amazing scene where eventually the Dennis Quaid character finds... Sam in the library, mm-hmm. the New York library, state library, I don't know what the fuck it's called, but the big library <laughs> in New York. And he like walks in and Laura goes, who's that? And then Jake goes, that's my dad. Yeah. And everyone's really happy. The end. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got it. It's a disaster film. Yeah. With <laughs> father, son's strong father, son storyline, yeah. themes, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. A real man goes and visits his, his son. son. That was it. Mm. Two and a half hours of that. Two and a half hours. Two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and the credits take a big chunk out of that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that was it. Yeah. What a time. So I guess it's time for my review. Please. I love a good disaster film. Well, I mean, good's maybe a stretch, but I love a disaster film. Is there a good disaster film? Yeah. What's like a clever disaster film? Maybe like a, one of the zombie ones. Maybe I don't know. It's not, clever's not what I want out of it though. Mm. I could sit and watch this or Poseidon Adventure or Towering Inferno. I it's my perfect kind of film for a Friday or Saturday night where you just want to you know glass of wine, mm. snuggle up on the couch. Mm. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it in that way this time. Because... I watched it at five thirty in the morning when it was time for toilet for dog. Oh no! <laughs> and um, then I was up anyway, so. We, we were puppy sitting this weekend. Yeah, um, sounds yeah. hectic. No, it wasn't too bad. But <laughs> I think uh, the dog enjoyed when the wolves were on the screen. Oh, yeah, really? Exciting. Yeah. There um, were some CGI wolves. Mm, but look, yeah, I enjoy watching this. And I will forever enjoy watching this film, no matter what context it oh, is. Interesting. Well, That's when I say this film, I mean this any version repeated, of this film. Yes, <laughs> whether yeah. it be this or it be any other disaster yeah. film. So, yeah. I had a good enough time. Um, it was a bit interesting sort of seeing like... Because I remember learning about global warming in year eight. Yeah. I remember when I was in primary school watching Nickelodeon and there used to be this bumper that happened between ads being like, what is the greenhouse effect? And it would tell us about it. And still, shit all got done. And now we're still here. <laughs> like, I know, you know, we like... should say, this movie was when? 2003? Yeah. 
A long time ago, guys. Mm. 2004, my bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but the, yeah. People have been fighting for action on climate change for so fucking long. I know. It's not a new thing. It's not a new thing. Even though yeah. lots of people are just waking up to it now. But it feels crazy that it's been like, how do you have the patience and how do you have the resilience to be like for someone like Bob Brown, for example, yeah. who's the leader was the leader of the Greens Party for many, many years. To be fighting for climate change for from you know for forty years or so, and just to see just fuck all happen. Well, at the end of this, the president gets up and he sort of says, "I guess due to this extreme weather event, now we have to take it seriously." It's too late, <laughs> yeah. mate. Which um after the summer that we've had in Australia, yeah, that felt a bit too real. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But we're not even getting that speech. No, we're getting a, oh. a soft promise for twenty fifty. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, that was a bit real. Um, the CGI, which was the best bit about this movie when it came out, has aged a bit. And yeah, I, I watched I the, thought it had aged. I watched the DVD version of it. And remember when DVD used to be like the cutting edge, mm. so immaculate? Mm. Oof, ugh, not this was not, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Especially those wolves. Yeah, the wolf, it was pretty obvious with the wolves. Yeah, they escaped from Central Park because, you know, everything's going to shit. Yeah. And they come and attack. Just a little extra. But then... Watching the credits, there was a wolf handler. So there would have been apparently some real, real shots. Yeah. None of them looked remotely real. No. At all. Ever. So that's Maybe what they, shocked me. You know how sometimes they get the human to do it so they can follow the movement? They can track? Yeah, Maybe they did that. Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. But then why not just get the wolves to do it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they would just want... They were excited about the technology. Yeah. And that was a big thing which we can talk about. Do you want to talk about that now? Or? Sure. Why not? Yeah. So this was pretty big in the world of... um digital effects yeah this was sort of like the most ever digital effects houses all working on the same project and it yeah. was like a really big deal back then to have so many like you know i think that opening shot our opening shot we just go right across this um arctic plane yeah um that was like one effects house's job was just to do that one opening shot Whoa. and it was very impressive and everyone was very excited about it and the effects were the thing that got interest for it, it even got nominated for a bafta for special effects mm. which was kind of cool mm. but yes yeah, so much of it was cgi to the fact that all like the city shots were shot in Montreal. Whoa! So like had New York was digitally sort of put on top of like, Montreal. Cityscape and, had to um, be adjusted. Tokyo was Montreal with the. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. And I wish that there were some special features here on, that would talk about that. Yeah. So this is the limited edition. Are there special features? There was two commentary tracks. Oh, two. That was so it. You, want, you need to watch the whole movie again twice. Yeah. So oh, there was man. one with the director and a producer and one with the editor. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't see. The DVD menus, I click the special features thing and it does this big sort of swipe thing where it zooms in on a satellite and it goes around the world and then it comes up and it's like, audio commentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the, the transition from one menu screen to the next yeah. was actually more exciting than, than the actual special the, features. Yeah. And look, I'm sure different editions have different stuff, but yeah, I was kind of disappointed that yeah. there wasn't anything on there. I can there. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. What a film. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I I don't think I'm a great, great lover of disaster films. Mm. I do. Like, I don't mind like a zombie. I love a zombie film. Yeah. And like a breakout. This is probably not good to talk about because of because <laughs> of coronavirus, but. <laughs> I love what, like a, Contagion a pandemic or, or like yeah. A, yeah like a epidemic kind of film. I don't know why. Which they are sort of like a subgenre of the. They disaster are disaster film. films, surely. Yeah. But a disaster films, you would think are 
mostly natural disasters more. Yeah, I don't know. I think like Dante's Peak style. My wife at the moment loves the Venn diagram when talking about topics. <laughs> and like, I think you can sort of see the zombie film, the disaster film, the Venn diagrams. Yes. You know, they're yes. over the top of it. Yes. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it was, so, it was just such a disaster film. It was like hitting all the beats of a disaster film. The, you know, the gradual mm. lead up, the, you know, whatever's happening in the middle and whatever. A couple of things I, that I wrote down. So yep. it's so fucking American. Yeah. Like the opening scene after that shot that you talk about where we kind of scan over the Arctic plains or whatever it is. And then we stop on an American flag mm. in this little outpost of, you know, the end of the world. There's these three guys and they've planted a fucking American flag. Very off-putting for me. Yep. Sorry, Americans. And just the whole, like, the whole macho father thing is just so off-putting as well. Like, I just don't, I don't know. It's just so... <sighs> the mum didn't go because she had to stay. I mean, she was a doctor, so <laughs> she had a career, which is nice. Mm. But she didn't go and save her son because, and he was, you know, everyone was like, you can't go, it's... It's, it's a suicide stupid. mission. It's a <laughs> yeah. dumb thing to do. And she's like, I get it. You must go yep. for our son. You know, like, no. Yeah. I don't have kids. So maybe no. if, if Peggy was in New York and it was freezing, <laughs> would I walk the would I walk the distance to find her? Maybe. The thing that annoyed me most was the fact that everyone resolved, everything revolved around the Dennis Quaid character in terms of like everyone else like his yeah. friends decided to go with him and That's risk him. their lives, which I just thought was so unbelievable. Yeah. Like, do they not have family of their own that they need to go and be with? I know. And so and many people died. Dies. And then at the end, the president's like, we've heard good news that this guy survived. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and his son's alive. Yay. Yeah. Um, oh, just within the Americanness of it all too, is it's like, it's a 20th century Fox film. And it's just, I remember reading this in the Mad Magazine parody. But they said, they sort of have everyone watching the TVs and they go, isn't it amazing? Yeah, the natural disasters. No, the fact that every single person in this film is watching Fox News and no other news outlet. <laughs> Funny <laughs> it's that. true. Yeah. Because there's so much news coverage and it's always Fox. It's always, yeah. yeah. There was a great news anchor or a news reporter on there who gets killed in the end, but I've forgotten his name and he's in a lot of other stuff now. And is he the one that gets hit yeah, by the hit by billboard? The truck, yeah, oh, oh, the, the billboard, truck, the yeah. Oh, the billboard, the billboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's his name? He plays like a lot of gay characters, a lot of like really campy. I'm not sure. Oh. Yeah. But no, there's a couple of little pop-up characters yeah. too. Like um, Harvey from Suits is like basically his character from Suits in this before oh, Suits existed. I don't, I've not watched it. He's that guy that's like, hey, I'll pay, pay you all this money if you can drive us in that bus. Oh, oh no, yeah, we're yeah, all going to yeah. die. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's that. The, the mum from Working Mums, the mum's mum from that show Working Mums, she plays the Secretary of Defence, and I was a bit like, this is a very different character from what I've seen you play it before. Yeah. Yeah. But no, there's a few ones that jump up like that. I thought they kept hinting that it's happened before, like in the Ice Age, Mm. that this is how the Ice Age happened. But then they were also like, it's human made. Never this fast before, I think is what they were going at. Right. And scientifically, that's where it got a lot of criticism. A lot of climate scientists were like, it's really good that they're making a film that alerts us that climate change is bad yeah but you're kind of taking the piece well yeah of course but it's like i mean it's like the depiction of mental health in last week's film like it's a hollywood film you know like they're going to do that which doesn't make it it doesn't make it good it doesn't make it excusable but i guess it explains it yeah and Um, it really got a lot of um i guess climate change deniers to jump on board and be like see how stupid it is oh no um (laughs) 
Yeah. Did they? Do you know if they actually went out with the intention of raising awareness, or were they so literally just like it's you based know, on what, a that book. climate change thing? That would make a great disaster film. It's based on a book that was pushed to, um, yeah, draw awareness to it. But then obviously the timeline was shrunk mm. for the purpose of the movies. And I think this Roland Emmerich sort of had that as part of his career. So like. He's known for his disaster movies. Is or, this the director? Yeah. And yeah, he did Independence Day. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, 2012 was another one of his. Um, I'm trying to think what his other big one was. Um, oh, Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he did these sort of things. And then it was... And White House Down. Can you remember oh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he does this. And then in 2015, he got a chance to sort of make his own sort of film, which was Stonewall. Oh, like about Stonewall? Yeah. About the gay yeah. rights yeah. movement? Because, oh, yeah, wow. he's, he's openly gay and, yeah. you know, it's... it's the big part of his life but Stonewall I haven't seen it but all the reviews sort of were that he just wasn't the one to make it because it made it such a disaster film yeah (laughs) just so dramatic and really like he's so much about getting a broad audience that there was a lot of the story of Stonewall that felt very cheap and the the big one that always everyone comes back to is originally is a trans woman that threw the first brick a black trans woman and this was a white boy that threw the first brick and sort of you know like oh no yeah that's erasure (laughs) yeah that's just getting rid of big chunks of history yeah exactly and but it sort of like is in line with what this film sort of does in that it sort of just takes too broad a picture And I guess pushes out anything that doesn't yeah. fit. So like it's it's his style. Um, I felt bad that because he was really passionate about Stonewall and getting that story out there, but you shouldn't have done it yourself. No, like, maybe yeah. consult on it or something, or maybe fund someone else to do mm, it. Yeah, be and a part it, of the project. Yeah, like look. but especially like how like that's that's like that's so typical of the media in terms of how they respond to trans people because. <laughs> Trans people are of all the LGBTQ plus group. They're like just erased mm. so often and forgotten and just left out. Yep. So you would think you would be a little bit more, you know, attuned to what that looks like you're doing. That's it. And unless I just, he actually meant to do it because he's a transphobe, which potentially is could be. Yeah. But also, I think he working in that Hollywood system for so long, getting that message pumped into you that you have to have the broadest audience yeah. possible. I he's brainwashed. It, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, look, the quote from him responding to the criticism is like, I didn't make this movie only for gay people. I made it for straight people too. No, sort of thing, you know? no, no. But like not understanding that <laughs> but also, that doesn't mean but set, also changing straight, straight everything. people can empathize with yeah, a trans person it. throwing a um, rock. Like. Just such the wrong thing to say. Yeah. And this clearly shows that like his, like his brain's mindset. not right in the right yeah. spot. Yeah, um, wrong mindset for that. Yeah, and I think this film's another one that it's sort of like, yeah, here's an important issue, but I'm going to completely... Ignore it. Ignore it. Well, you know, water it down to the point that you're just sort of like... What's the point? point?" With this one, he really made a lot of quotes. He was like, yeah, you know, I was really trying to push the message. That's why I made the vice president look like Dick Cheney. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. What a turnaround that vice president had, though. Yeah, I know. Man. I've I never was met, wrong. I've never met a politician who would say that. I mean, I've not met many, but I've never seen a politician who would say something like that. Yeah. I guess when half the world freezes, you kind of just have to be like, well... Yeah, hopefully. Bloody hope so, although... Things change. Most of Australia was burning and we didn't see that. Mm. Um, women are very secondary in this film. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess that's unsurprising, but still worth pointing out. Are there many disaster films with women protagonists? Not that can I can you think, think of, of any? off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it really annoyed me that the people in New York, when this fucking 
storm was coming, kept stopping in the middle of the street and looking behind them. I think that's real. I think the only thing that would change these days is they'd have out a phone. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's that. Wouldn't you just run? You wouldn't just be like, stop and be like, oh yeah, it's still coming. Now I better run. I don't know. I wrote, stop stopping to look and run. <laughs> I don't know. I've got low expectations, I guess. I think there'd be so many just people on iPhones. Yeah, there, I guess there would be. But they're probably, I don't know, it just, it just defied common sense to me. If you're being chased by a rhino, you don't stop and look to see if the rhino is still coming after you. No. You fucking run. No. Uh, <laughs> the burning books was so sad. I know. And I was just like, you got some... I'd, Surely the furniture would be better to burn. Yeah. Because books would burn pretty quickly and I you wouldn't get a lot you of... you would use some books to like... Um, this is... We should contextualise. <laughs> <Yeah, so. laughs> so they're in the library trying to stay warm and there's a room with a fireplace so they've decided to burn the books so they can stay warm. So they've got some kind of defence against the cold. So they're burning the books, which I understand. Like, of course, there's paper... So burn them. and But then, yeah, you're right. Like, use the paper to maybe as kindling or, like, to start it and then put some... Furniture wooden... on there. You got all those chairs yeah, and exactly. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to get that long-lasting heat. Mm-hmm. You're not just, like, burning, you know, sheets paper. of paper. Yeah. But it does remind me... Whenever I see burning books, it just reminds me of the Nazis and that makes me feel real sad. Mm. So that was, like, a bit of a downer. But also, like, it's... <laughs> It really has that sort of trope of disaster films that I kind of love in that they've got that sort of big bombastic stupidity and then for half a second they'll slow down and have a message that is, but burning books is bad. <laughs> Which they have in that scene where that random guy sort of goes like, I have to hang on to this book. The Bible the, is the... Yeah, yeah, the, the printed word is yeah, the corner is the of Western civilization. Yeah. And then back to giant explosions. <laughs> <laughs> and wolves. And wolves. Um, um, I, I also annoyed me yeah. that they were so caught up about burning... Well, yeah, like burning the Bible, for example, because it was the first printed word, but also like burning Nietzsche or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, guys, Australia is fine. We have copies of this down I know, that's here. It. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we do. There is the printed word in other parts of the world. We do have this stuff. It's okay. Yes. No. It's um, pretty excellent. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, I just in the bit where the girl says, who is that? And Sam says, my father. I just wrote, hail Jesus. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I was like. It was so godlike. It's like, ah, as he walks in the door. It's fucking ridiculous. It is. And this, I think ridiculous is just the best word for this movie. Yeah. I, and it, but it's meant to be. like. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't think, it hasn't gone well though. Did it do well at the box office? I think it did pretty well. I think Shrek yeah. 2 came out at the same time, which, you know, it's going to hurt you. I prefer that film. <laughs> well, yeah. But it has, it's got, doesn't have a good score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, a major commercial success, six highest grossing film of that year, only beaten out by Shrek 2, Harry Potter, Spider Man, oh, The Incredibles, the ones. and The Passion of the Christ. Oh. <laughs> My favourite film. Yep. And next, <laughs> no, next, next week on DVD Clutter. Oh, what a year. So this was 2004. You've got 1999, eat your heart out. Then you've got Meet the Fockers, <laughs> Troy, oh, Troy, and Ocean's 12. Oh, man, this is a binkier. Mm. It was a year for blockbusters. Yeah, it um, was. And kind of blockbusters that you don't really want to go back to. No. Wow. I started watching Troy again in class with my U11s oh, at the end I hate of last that year. I so much. It's not that bad. It's shithouse. There's lots of CGI boats. Yeah. That's it's great. Such an exciting story that they made so incredibly boring. <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever found it boring. I, no, no. I found it very, very boring. I liked looking at Brad Pitt's golden sweaty body. Hmm, fair enough. Yeah. It's probably the highlight of that film. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Troy. Yeah, we won't be doing that. No. We? Don't know. I that. don't have it. No. no. Um, anyway. Yeah. The fact that we're talking about Troy, I really think we'll probably <laughs> expend in our conversation on... The day after tomorrow. The day after tomorrow. Did I mention... I mentioned that Jake Gyllenhaal was too old to be playing a 17-year-old. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing, from my memory... So, I remember this mm. film... I remember a couple of key scenes from the film. One of them being when Jake Gyllenhaal, when they're flying into New York and the plane gets goes mm, through yeah. some really bad turbulence and Jake Gyllenhaal holds the hand of the girl like without thinking because he's just mm. terrified of the turbulence. That's one of my memories. And that's pretty... And then I remember him like looking out on the ice and snow at the end. Completely forgot Dennis Quaid existed. <laughs> I completely thought Jake Gyllenhaal was the main character in this yeah. film. Got the shock of my life when he was meant to be 17 and mm. Dennis Quaid was actually the main protagonist. Yep. I think he was 24 when he played... When he was playing this role. Um, Would make sense. But that's not unusual. Like, you know, in Buffy no, the Vampire yeah. Sayer, Cordelia was 28 when she was playing a 16-year-old. So these things happen. It yes. just, it just it shook me a little bit because I remember him as being the main character and he's... Not. Yeah. I, I, um, it was this viewing of it, and I think I've watched it a lot of times because it's also been one that's been, if it's been on TV, I've watched a segment of it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, until this viewing, thought he was supposed to be like, you know, a uni student. Yeah. But then this no, time I was like, oh, 17. no, he's supposed to be 17. Yeah. I, the scene where he has to make, so there's a scene where he has to make a phone call to his dad to say he's all right, but yeah. the room's flooding, so he's yeah. trying to sort of like dive in and out. And that one I remember really vividly, but there's so much that I'd forgotten. Yeah. Um, I almost can remember scary. sitting in Cinema One in Ballarat and, like, I can, like, imagine seeing the screen in the cinema, yeah. you know? For yeah. That. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. But, yeah, so much stuff this time. Oh, and that bit where they have to go into the um, Wendy's and light up all the cookers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that too. Yeah. yeah. Random. Yeah, it's I know. Random what you remember. <laughs> no wolves. No, I didn't remember the yeah. wolves either. So no weird. Mexican border. No. Hmm. No president. No. Yeah. No Dennis. No wife. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's the day after tomorrow. Mm. And I'm glad I saw it again. Oh, yeah. I thought this was an, an easy watch. What are you going to do with it? What do you think I'm going to do with I it? I think it's going to the op shop. Yeah. Yeah. I am ready to go to the op shop with it. Yeah. Now, it wasn't actually on... I had a flick through Stan and Netflix. It's not there. No, I know. It's um, not. Did you have to buy it? I did have to buy it. Oh, I'm so sorry. When I say buy it, I'm not buying it. I'm renting it. Yeah. It's like $4. Still, I feel like you're racking up the... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You can... You'll catch up. I don't mind because it's fine and I get to watch a movie. Hmm. But I feel like this film not called this film will always be on stand on netflix i'll always be able to watch a disaster film yeah of course this film is a a story that will always be told yeah because even a father and a son separated by a disaster will they find each other because he made 2012 right which was just this film again i think it was yeah i never watched that is brad pitt in it oh i'm getting confused with World War Z? Yes. Yeah. I'm getting confused. World War Z is another one that fits into this. I'll yes. watch that again. Yeah. What's 2012 about? It's, so it's this. It's climate change. No, except right. remember in 2012, there was that Mayan, the Mayan calendar thing. Calendar thing? No. It's that. Oh my God. But it's basically scene for scene. This film. This, except um, it's got, oh, uh, who's that guy in High Fidelity? John Cusack? Yeah. Really? It's got John Cusack as... Dennis Quaid. Uh, John Cusack plays Dennis <laughs> Quaid. Quaid yeah. Playing. Um, oh, and who's his son? Oh, someone. But oh. like, yeah, it's the yeah, it's the same thing oh, from memory. Right. I never watched the full thing; just saw glimpses of it. I know I've complained about female remakes because I think mm. we should just start new stories. But maybe do a disaster. But maybe film. A, a great yeah. like female mother daughter disaster film. 
Yeah. Although the disaster will probably be like, we've run out of nail polish. <laughs> Classic women, am I right? <laughs> if it was Miss Piggy, it would be something like that. Yes. Oh, Muppets. Mm. Great. Well, I think that's it. I think that's all we've got out of this one. So uh, we haven't talked about this, but I'm going to tell you what next week's film's going to be. All right, excellent. You can guess if you want. We're going to party like it's 1999. American Beauty. With the film, not American Beauty, but... Ten Things I Hate About You. Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, Elizabeth will be so excited. Do you have it? No, I don't think. Ah, cool. Well, I think we've got the VHS back in Ballarat. (laughs) (laughs) Dig out your VHS. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. So, listeners, if you would like to revisit the 1999 classic 10 things i had about you please do so before mm. next week you may not need to revisit it sometimes i just close my eyes and i can watch the whole film i like think that i think i can do that yeah yeah oh what a soundtrack i know we will talk about it yeah um but i think we've come to the end for this episode thanks for hosting me at your house no worries thanks for coming over very welcome and thank you our dear listeners for listening once again if you want to contact us you can try Insta, you can try Twitter, you can try Facebook, or you can try Gmail, all with DVD clutter. D V D. You do it. That's D V D E. This is why you can't do it. C L U T T E R. Yeah. I forgot if there was a hyphen in there or not. There's no hyphen. No. For our handle. Or just check, you know, the title of this podcast. Yeah, you'll be yeah. fine. You'll figure it out. Mm. Um, I will put some photos up on Instagram as well. Also, you know, check our stories every now and then. Like today, I put up three photos of Peggy. So yeah, brilliant. <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. And I think that's it from this week. Great. See ya. Bye. <laughs> you can sound a bit more enthusiastic when you say goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. That's better. <laughs> I'm a director. Bye.